Football is back, and so is the Ringer NFL show. Coming at you five days a week with wall-to-wall coverage from recapping the Sunday games, giving a player perspective, deep dives, and previewing the coming slate. Check out the Ringer NFL show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rollin' presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other, this is a very special fall edition of Fairway Rollin', the golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter, Joe House, my PGA Tour correspondent on the ground and best buddy, Nathan Hubbard, is here to join me. We are a two ball this week, my birdie buddies. Let's walk right on over to the first tee and throw a peg in the ground. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you will always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, Nate Dog. For some reason, I'm talking with an accent. It feels like a European accent. I'm not sure exactly why. How are you? I know why. It is because this is our fifth international winner in a row on the PGA Tour. And so you are trying to pay homage to the grand display of golf that we've had from a pope, just a panoply of international players over the last five weeks. Well, it's a disgraceful attempt at a Euro, a faux Euro accent. I'm trying to do a pan Euro, pan international accent, I guess. Um, because Victor Hovland from Nor- Norway, um, probably the first Norwegian to ever win a major tournament when it happens. Cause I'm not saying if I'm going to say when, yeah. uh, but yeah, we've been on a tear. We have over the last five weeks, two players who hail from Europe, an Australian player, a Korean player and a Japanese player. How wonderful is that? Thank God this didn't happen uh, during the Ryder Cup. <laughs> well, only two of these, again, only two Euros, uh, Howland and, and Rory, neither one of which covered themselves exactly in glory at the actual Ryder Cup. But let's do some Victor Hovland homage. Yeah, this was a real win. It I was mean, a this... real win against a real field, the a best field. real field. The best field ever in the history of the Mayakoba Championship, which, you know, is maybe not. Yeah, it might not be saying that much. Except for nine of the world's top 25 were at this joint. I mean, if you just look at the guys who finished in the top 10, I mean, it is a who's who in a lot of ways of some of the best golfers in the world, including a lot of guys who were just just chomping at the very last inch line to getting their first win on tour. But uh, this course seems to suit Victor Hovland very, very well because he won the Puerto Rican Open and we wondered if he was going to have that curse that is, uh, you know, associated with that with that win, meaning you win the Puerto Rico, you n- maybe never win again. It, it seemed to stick with Tony Finau for a long time. But boy, uh, this course just suits this guy's game. We should say, though, House, that his game this year appears to be very, very different than his game last year in terms of his wedges. And that is why we should be thinking about him as a major champion pretty soon, don't you think? Well, and the, the, to, to put the finer point on it, specifically with his wedges, it, it's been his short game around the greens, yep. like not. His not a, not approach, right? Not any yardage no. of of anything meaningful. His, specifically, his touch around the greens. Yeah, and you know, Golf it's Channel did, technique. did a yeah. funny little vignette about like you know juxtaposing what he said about himself um, earlier this year or, or last year. Yeah. I, I, I can't suck recall. at chipping. I suck at chipping. I'm bad at this. And then you know he has um, improved by some, you know, 100 spots in that particular skill set. Yeah, if 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 we had shots gained for any of the events over the last 
we, we could maybe do it. But, you know, he talked about it in the press conference that he's changed his... I mean, this is unequivocally one of the best ball strikers in the game. Yes. Uh, and that's his bread and butter. But for, you know, and for, for all of our birdie buddies out there, you got to chip differently than you swing a seven iron. And Victor was chipping the same way that he was swinging a seven iron. And it was keeping the leading edge of that club face from getting on plane, keeping him from using the bounce in those clubs, in those wedges. And it's why he was sucking at chipping. And he's made some changes in the way that he sort of turns his wrist. So that, that approach to those wedges now is different than the way that he swings, you know, the rest of his irons in the bag. And boy, it sure looks like it is paying off. And, and that is a very scary thing because all that has to happen is he has to putt decently well. And like Colin Morikawa, yes. he's going to be in it every single week. Yeah, I'm glad that you made that connection with Morikawa because those those were the two rookies in the entering the 2020 season that we were looking at to to make a mark. And Morikawa, you know, put some distance between himself and Hovland over that 2020 season just because he went out and won the PGA Championship in 2020, which was you know, arguably one of the weirdest years on tour probably will go down as one of the weirdest years uh, in the history of the PGA Tour. But Morikawa demonstrated a skill set under pressure that, you know, validated exactly what was the sentiment on tour, at least, about him uh, 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 owning a, a, a ball striking, uh, an unparalleled ball striking skill set but we had Hovland like you know as the that season began kind of in that conversation which one of those two guys um you know is going to have that early lead between them and it was unequivocally unequivocally Morikawa Morikawa still in the top five in the world ranking but look at Victor Hovland with this win jumps up into the top 10 his highest world ranking ever uh so so super impressive and I will tell you as is my my way and my want uh Nathan Hubbard went on the websites, checked out the odds for the next ma- the, the the next major we're going to compete, which is the 2022 Masters, and there he was at 29 to 1. That's worth a sprinkle as far as oh. I'm concerned. I well, did it. It is. It is. It. it is. I have a stat for you that does not come from our guy Justin Ray. Prayers up for Justin Ray and shouts. his family. Yeah, shouts yep. to JR. We are thinking about him uh this week and his boy. Yep. Uh Jack hang in there. Uh, but our, our guy Nosferatu put out a very interesting stat on Victor, uh, which I, I don't know if you saw, but 113 competitive weeks on tour Victor Hovland has. He has earned world golf ranking points in 90% of those starts, 55 of the 61 he's played. That is number one all time after 113 weeks as a pro. Number two is Eldrick Tiger Woods at 88% versus Victor at 90%. Number three is Colin Morikawa at 84%. So these are guys who very early in their career are playing some of the best golf as a 24-year-old that we've ever seen. Yeah, rarefied air. Our homie Kyle Porter over at CBS Sports put up something about the ball striking prowess, and it had our boy Hovland in the same breath as, again, Eldrick Tiger Woods. And I think it was, was it Jack? Was that the stat? I think so. Yeah. It had to do with with the uh, you know strokes gained, ball striking. Um, right. Oh no, it was Rory. It was Rory and Tiger. That's what it was. It was Rory okay. and Tiger. 
but still, you know, just in terms of distinguishing himself, the the, the well, amount of difference he put between himself and the rest of the field with his ball striking right. skill. Well, so now the heat gets turned up though, right? Because what I just said was, oh, some of the best golf we've, you know, we've seen from a 24-year-old. It, that's actually not true. It's some of the most consistently good golf we've seen, right? Consistency. And, and now all those other names that we just talked about started tucking majors under their belt at around this age. And, and so it's time for Victor now to get into the heat. What was interesting about this win was he didn't have to come from behind. He had to sleep on a lead and get out there and defend it. And boy, you know, he acquitted himself pretty darn well. Uh, a 62 is a really tough Saturday round to follow up. Uh, it, it is hard to go back to back after you go low like that. And it sounded like mentally, he just thought, I don't have to worry about what anyone else does. I know that I've got a big enough lead that if I just shoot four or five under, I'm going to win this golf tournament. So uh, it, it, he, he now from here, it is when he gets in the biggest moments under pressure in those majors, can he hold up? Because the game is now just absolutely there. Yeah, it was a Sunday 67. He wins the, tur the uh, tournament by four strokes. The one thing that I'm inclined to tap the brakes on a little bit. Now, he got up and down from a lot of different situations. Um, his short game, his chipping game mm -hmm. down in Mexico was excellent. I do want to just issue a tiny bit of caution. Okay. Be well, just the grass down there, right? It's not like grass that these guys play on. Well, you know, you've played this course. I've played this golf course. That's exactly right. The ball has an inclination to kind of sit up in a, in a way that's different than on Bent and Bermuda. It's Paspalum, which is, you know, this. it's a very rugged kind of, of, of grass that can withstand uh, the shore, right? Because this golf course is situated Margaritas. right on right Well, that, that as well, yes, for sure. But I, I want to see him short game his way at Augusta. Yeah. Like, I'd love to see a little bit of a practice round by him at Augusta, and I'm talking, I don't even mean like, you know, the week of the Masters. I mean, just like seeing him, he's made the cut both times that he's played uh, the Masters, and he finished in the top 25 at the 2021 Masters. I just, hmm. and I mean, it's not, you know, 29 to 1 is probably not enough um, value. Uh, I, I wish I could have got him at like 40 or something like that. I wish I'd, I'd bet on him um, a week ago or so. Yeah. But uh, that that's the only thing, like that because there's no better test for a short game for a chipping game than, than Augusta National, right? Yeah, and 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 it's what has felled him there before for sure. But look, nobody's defended a title on the PGA Tour since 2019 and he wasn't going up against slouches. This wasn't the Bermuda tournament. I mean, he had to hold off Justin Thomas, he had to hold off Scotty Scheffler. You know, he didn't actually end up having to hold off Matthew Wolf, although we should talk about him because, you know, Matthew backdoored his way into a top five. But boy, he's playing good golf and and there's a lot to do there. So th th this was no slouch. Neiman was on the leaderboard, et cetera. So I, I, I think we're looking at a guy who's going to now really be in the conversation every time every time a major comes up. To your point, though, we got to see this new chipping style hold up in grass that is not made for you and me when we've had too many. <laughs> well, and maybe maybe there is some data out there on tournaments that he's played this, you know, uh, the latter half of the season um, in conditions that are you know, more like what you'll he'll see, yeah. you know, championship major kind of situations. I do want to just again, we've been doing it, you know, in the the fall version of this 
fairway rolling podcasts um what an embarrassment of riches with the winners mm. that we've had and the, and the level of competition. We talked about it with your brother, Mark Hubbard, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were all convened together out in California, which was just wonderful. Uh, the only thing that we didn't get to do was play any golf, but we did get to, to sit around together and have a, a, ni a nice time. But I'm wondering if this is going to be a fleeting moment in terms of the quality of competition in the fall and the quality of winners, because we've been commenting on it virtually every week. We went Max Homa, Sam Burns, Sung JM, Rory McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama, Lucas Herbert, and now Victor Hovland. Those are all guys who have won on tour before. There, there are major winners in that mix. There are guys that we anticipate could be major winners yeah. as soon as next year yeah. in that mix. It's a super high quality uh, um, you know, convening of, yeah. of PGA tour pro professionals international to the point you made at the very beginning of the podcast. Is it just because of the unique circumstance of the mega season that's in our rearview mirror and the guys sort of getting ready for next season and also understanding, you know, that collecting FedEx cut points now might be a little easier than once the calendar flips, like this is what we talked about with Mark. What do you think's going on? Yeah, well, I think it's that point, but but then some. It is so hard to get into a PGA Tour event right now because there are so many guys stacked up after the super season who came off KFT. Just so many guys with status. I mean, if you look at the Monday qualifying events, there got there are four or five time PGA Tour winners who are in Monday qualifiers for the fucking Houston Open. Yeah, and and and. Uh, and so, whereas the fall used to be basically a practice round for the real tournament or the real tournaments that started and the real season that starts in January, you're exactly right. There are big names who the last two years have missed out on the FedEx Cup playoffs. And so these golfers now are saying, I've got to get sharp in the fall for at least a week or two to pick up some points and more so than ever, we've got a sort of murderer's row at the top of the FedEx cup standings, Sam Burns, Sung Jay, Hideki, Victor, Max, Herbert, Rory, Matthew Wolf, Mav McNeely, and Colin Morikawa are the top 10 in the Fed. If you told me that was going to be the assortment of guys at the end of the year, I'd think there were a few more like Thomas and, you know, et cetera, but that, that is a very, very strong field. And it just speaks to guys knowing that the fall matters guys having to come in with sharpness in their game because golf is now a year-round sport. There, it, it is not spring training in the fall anymore. And we talked about this with Mark also, you know, before COVID, it looked like the fall was going to fall into this kind of pattern of a couple of, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not dismissing the events, but second tier US-based events. Right. And then a mega- Asian tour with the PGA tour really putting, you know, a commitment in place with the, you know, some of these, um, Asian partners and Asian sponsors, and then, you know, a couple more events back in the U S again, the sort of, you know, events that, that are beloved, but not, you know, events that the, uh, general public has any, any particular, the general sporting public has a particular interest in. We're always interested in the tournaments in the of fall. Of course but, we are. Yes. And, and now it's different and I don't know, is it going to stay different? Is it going to be like this going forward or with the, you know, 
almost daily, at least weekly yeah. news about innovation by these upstart golf leagues. Oh, Greg Norman's going to change the world. <laughs> Greg Norman and the Saudis are going to change the world. Let's be yeah. fair. Greg yeah, Norman yeah. and the Saudis money. What's it called? Is it live investments or live? How do you say it? No, I don't know. Live or live? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Again, let's go. Us, I, right? Yeah. Go back to your accent and we, we can figure it out. But yeah, I, I think change is definitely afoot. And and I think that the top guys in the world go, they don't love this fall. I mean, they they, they don't. Why, why would you? You got all these guys who could kick your ass who can't even get into the tournament. Well, so you're talking about who, who doesn't love it, though, because I think some of these guys love it. You know, I think the top golfers in the world don't love it. They don't okay. love that Carlos Ortiz, who's a good golfer and is got a pretty good chance to defend at Houston next week. They don't love that Carlos Ortiz is racking up all these points and potentially pushing them out of winning the $15 million FedEx Cup. They don't love... He did that last fall. Yeah, he, but he played great in Mexico and he um, won the Houston Open. Exactly. And if you're Dennis... You know, or Dennis, if you're Dustin Johnson or Br Bryson DeChambeau or, or Dennis Johnson or or, or, <laughs> or Brooks Kepka, who, you know, another fall miss cut uh, coming into Houston Open. Surprise, surprise. Chase Kepka got a sponsor's exemption there. I mean, that's the only reason Brooks is playing this fall. But those guys uh, don't uh, love uh, this. That's not the only reason Brooks is playing this fall. There is an event. The day after Thanksgiving, yeah. and but I, that's I'm not what he even, wants to do. And he, he wants, wants to make money by doing dumb shit with Bryson DeChambeau in television. He doesn't want to go to Mayakoba or Bermuda or Houston to have to make money. So I think that is foundationally why change is afoot, and and this may be the last fall that we see like this. And uh, you know, look that tournament. We didn't have the stats. You know, if you don't really give a shit about golf, and it was Sunday, you didn't watch it, but. Uh, you had a chance to watch some of the best young golfers in the world all going head to head in the top five. And that, that is worth spending another, you know, couple minutes on because you, you did rattle through that, that the, the, the names on, on this leaderboard, and this would be a leaderboard that you could take and apply to really any tournament at any point in the, in the season and say, Holy shit, that was a great tournament. Yeah. Uh, it, and you, you mentioned we've, we, you know, obviously Hovland won or Ortiz in second, Justin Thomas. Do we have an explanation for why Justin Thomas is playing in this event? I, I know why Brooks played in it. Why is JT playing this event? I, I think JT just trying to get a few to keep the freshness and get a few FedEx cut points because the truth is after the players, dude's been in a slump. Do you think that there's anything to, um, him just getting reps with bones. You think yeah. that's an element of it for, for sure. But I think he's been working hard on his game and disappointed in the results. Um, and like it started to turn around with the tour championship for sure. But, uh, you know, this is the first top 10 we, we we've had from him, uh, you know, in, in a sort of a non FedEx event, non FedEx cup event in a while. So uh -huh. it, it was a good result for, for JT. And I think again, you know, Carlos Ortiz finishes second. He gets 300 FedEx Cup points. He's locked up his card at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah for he, sure. He, he doesn't have to worry about it. And so that's how important it is. Suddenly, there's only 125 slots. You know, Team Rose, <laughs> who missed out last year, Justin Rose, is looking at it going, shit, I, I got to get in here and figure it out. Or Ricky Fowler, who's, 
getting the game back together, but missed out. You know, it's like, I got to play these events because Ortiz just took a spot from somebody. It is funny. You mentioned both of those guys, Justin Rose and Ricky Fowler. Ricky's been playing in fall events. He is not, you know, he's, he's serious about his craft, serious about his profession, serious about, you know, restoring himself up into the uh, uh, upper echelon. And, you know, he wants people to stop making jokes. Uh, I mean, I'm filling in blanks, but I think he would prefer people to stop making jokes about how many commercials he appears in versus yeah. how many leaderboards he appears on. And credit to him, he's had some breakthrough this fall and it's good to see him out, you know, competing and good to see him collecting made cuts and collecting top, top fifties, you know, and the sure. same is true. Justin Rose is out grinding in Mexico, collecting a top, you know, what is he 40th or so, you know, yeah. collecting a top 50. Yeah. I mean, they, and, and again, that the schedule is pushing them to do it. We are now one sixth of the way through the PGA tour season. We've done seven of 42 regular season events. So man, you, well, you got to start getting serious at some point. And after the Houston open this week, and then the RSM, uh, down there in, in Georgia next week, we're over the 20% mark, right? Yeah. We're more than a fifth of the way into, into the season. Yeah. And that's why, that's why these guys are playing. But look, the trends all tell us you know, uh, who, who is sort of chomping at the bit to break out this year? I mean, JT there for sure, but Scotty Scheffler, who we've been talking about awesome. for a long time yeah. and definitely Ryder cup, uh, you know, man of the moment, boy, he's coming into Houston this week. Having finished with a time. He is going to break through. You, you don't see choking out of this guy. You just haven't seen it. You know, Saturday, he, he put up a 70 when everybody else was going a lot lower. So, you know, he lost this tournament by six strokes and he lost to Victor on Saturday by eight. So you know, there wasn't, he plays better on Saturday. He's got a chance, right? So th th there are, Neiman seems to be back, right? Yeah, he, He's exactly. playing good. So all of these guys, you, you get a sense for who is slowly but surely, you know, moving into the upper echelon of golf, replacing some of the older guys like the Roses and, you know, the the PGA Championship, notwithstanding the Mickelsons and the like, who we're used to seeing at the top of the leaderboard for the last decade. Well, we're going to do kind of a quick hit on uh, the Houston Open and some some guys that we like, but there are going to be a bunch of these names on this leaderboard and then some other names that have been playing great this fall for guys sure. like Aaron wise. Yes. Who, did I tell you that I gambled on this golf tournament. I gambled quite a bit on this Mexican golf tournament. Good. I made money on, uh, Hovland and, um, Ortiz. I had Ortiz as a top 10 play yes. and cash that. And I had Hovland as a top 20 play. And then I bet on a few guys. I bet I had Ortiz to win at, mm. at, at pretty great odds, uh, right around 40. I think I had him. Um, but in, in is he any better event, than answer uh, right now, by the way, well, I felt like the pressure was going to be, he's in answer he shadow. Be. Now he's officially in answer shadow, which I think is a more comfortable place for him. He doesn't yeah. feel like he needs to, he's, 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 uh, Mexico's native son, uh, by himself. And I yeah. think An Anson answer provided some cover for him to come perform. Now look, both Ortiz and answer in the top 10, let's remember this for Mexico next year. I, we won't forget. 
But man, look at that list. Scheffler, Matthew Wolf, Joaquin Neiman, and Sergio keeps collecting top tens, buddy. Sergio I, Garcia is serving notice. I, I, I'm just very, very impressed. It, he, it's like that hole in one in Austin rejuvenated the dude. He, he's just, uh, he's playing good golf. I mean, it's the Ryder Cup got him. I, I don't know. I, I do want to just make the point that Carlos Ortiz weighs 150 pounds and he might be pound for pound the best golfer in the world. Oh, I love I love it when you do pound for pound. Is that that would put him ahead of JT? JT doesn't weigh more than 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 Ortiz, does he? No, I mean, look the the official uh, the official weight. You're never sure if you can trust it. JT's 160 pounds, so you know he's and got. And they say an Ortiz extra is 150. 150. Yeah. What do he, they say? Abe answer is. Uh, Abe answer is four foot nine. So I, I, I I'm aware. This is no, what I'm, a, the point a, I'm Abe making. Abe is one sixty. So he he's uh, got ten pounds. Yeah, I mean they they're right. almost different weight classes when it comes to golfers. But I want to put the three of them in a lineup. I want to get a lineup of those three and see what it looks like. Yeah, I mean I think three of them combined are about our weight at this that point. That weight class. I mean, right? They're not even. It, it's kind of ridiculous. Anyway. Look, I I think uh, as we head into Houston, you're exactly right. We don't, part of the problem with the fall, as we've been complaining about, has been it's been hard to watch some of these events because of the time of day or the coverage. It's also been hard to get the analytics. And so all that we really have to go on is the eye test. And like you said, you come into Houston, it's mostly, I think it's mostly a momentum play if you're betting. Do you feel differently? I mean, is there, what else would you no, I mean, use I'm, to make the, yeah, the assessment last year's, uh, results and of guys course. that are, and guys that are playing well, you know, through the fall, am I going to sprinkle on Matt McNeely? Yes. Am I going to sprinkle on Aaron wise? Yes. Am I going to yeah. sprinkle on Andrew Landry? Like I need to look at the, 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 the field to confirm, you know, it's only Monday that we're taping this pod. So we'll see, where everybody sort of, you know, lands, you know, Matthew Wolf is playing, Joaquin Neiman's playing, Carlos Ortiz is playing, Aaron yeah. Wise is playing. So it's like, you know, uh, let me, I'm looking for, for Mav, is Mav in here? Um, Joel Damon, by the way, another made cut for uh, JD. Yes. JD did not play great. Uh, I think he was four over on his last three holes or something. So he didn't, he didn't finish quite as strong. I I'll tell yeah, you the I other see Mav Mav is on there for yeah, sure. Yeah, Mav's playing the, the, the disappointing part of Sunday for me was, I guess there's two. I mean, Sunday it was Taylor Gooch who, you know, yeah. Mac Max Homa has told us is going to be a star. You know, it was Taylor who played with Max coming down the stretch at Riviera and Max, you know, felt so comfortable with him. Because they they just they get on good, but Max also just respects his game so much. That was a tough tough seventy four on Sunday for Taylor, but he's hanging around the hoop. He double bogeyed out himself out of the top ten, yeah. and there were a lot of people on a top ten ticket for Gooch, at least yeah. in the golf community. Exactly, you know what I mean. Exactly. He double bogeyed eighteen to finish uh, in a tie for eleventh. Yeah, is, it, it, it was tough. It's a bummer. It, it's a bummer. But, but but even if he doesn't double, he still only shoots seventy two that day, and and it it should have been. It, it look he, he he had a chance there. He's been around the hoop. He's the kind of guy who you're going to see break through. And you know, to your point, like you look at last year's results, he was freaking fourth in Houston. That's a guy you're going to look at. the The other one that that we just, I mean, Matthew Wolf is back. He's back, and, and and I'm sure that Saturday, you know, he was a little bit in his head and a little bit nervy. 
just just did not play well, uh, to say the least. And again, a, a 74 for him, just like Taylor Gooch, which was sort of the ugly bad round, loses to Victor by 12 that day, um, but only loses to him by seven for the tournament. So I, this was one where Matthew Wolf could have won this golf tournament, and, and it sure feels like he's back. I, I just want to point out that even in his lowest moments over the past however many months, nine months, the guy's still been posting some major finishes. So I, I think we got to look at at Matthew for the upcoming majors in the in the twenty two season. Oh, for sure, I love it, and that's that's a good value play. In fact, that might be something this right. week that we take a look at. You can you can bet um, on Fanduel right now. All the majors uh, yeah. are up. There are odds for all of them before he goes out and and if Jason Sobel has his way wins this golf tournament in Houston this week he is Sobel's pick um as the outright winner oh boy well we got to change that then well yeah. you want to you want to get odds i mean it, it could happen why couldn't it happen he's absolutely no, in no, form it, it, it couldn't it should and this is a course i mean this is a full on bomber course par 70 it's brook brooks Kepka's fault uh th- there's just <laughs> not much here and so it is the kind of course that Brooks or Matthew Wolf or, or, you know, those could, kinds of hitters could are, be are Tony could yeah. be, you know, Coke rack is in this, in this, uh, debacle. This episode is brought to you by ever North health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And ever North is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Well, look, I want to, speaking of debacle, uh, we are going to go ahead and, and name some names uh, in connection with the potential winners of the Houston Open. But I want your sort of response. So we've gotten a lot of information since you know the, the two weeks that the last time we did a podcast together. A lot more has come out about the sort of competing super leagues that, you know, concepts have been out there um, now for these these uh mini tours where the guys get guaranteed money they have formats that um are very tv friendly there have been sort of two rival versions two competing visions of how these things might work and now we have a lot more information about the saudi backed one and we have a little bit more information about the one that I think is mainly um, championed by a group from from Britain. Um, the one thing that we don't have is any indication of players. We have concepts. We know the Premier Golf League, um, which was kind of first to the table publicly with this idea of 
a a a field of 30 or 40 players the best players in the world um competing over some short number of weeks uh and for guaranteed money where the last place guy would get you know five hundred thousand dollars and the top guy would get ten million dollars and in between there everybody would get a giant paycheck um and and you know the saudis have have come back around with their own version of it with greg norman as the commissioner what what so we have kind of the outline and there's some talking points for PGL. PGL has made a, a smart move, I think, to try and align itself with the PGA tour and have it be under the PGA tour umbrella. And it does, there are certain on the, it is an outsider as a guy just watching and, and hoping for good competitive golf featuring the best players in the world. There are some appealing aspects to the idea of a PGL association with PGA tour. Tell me, tell me what you think about those. What, what the the positive attributes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just if you can promise me that what we had happen organically in Las Vegas three weeks ago, which was uh-huh. you know a handful of the most noteworthy, interesting, competitive golfers in the world all competing Sunday afternoon with the you know reasonable stakes, and actually show it to me on television yeah. in a way. That is compelling television with interesting uh, uh, visuals, with drones, with statistics that matter, things I care about. If you can offer that up to me as a golf fan, then I'm into. I'm interested. Yes, I'm interested. Anything mm. to shake up the stale version, the the week in, week out, boring, non uh, Im- impressive, non innovative way of of delivering professional competitive golf where you just sort of hope that the best players might um, show up on the Sunday afternoon. If you can create something that promises me that those best players are going to be competing, then I'm, I'm interested. Well, and, and I think what you were getting ready to say is we just don't know what players seem That's to be it. committed to this and, and or, on, or not, or not committed. Right. Well, and, and on that front, I think we got to watch what the PGA tour does with DJ. Mm. And I don't mean Dennis Johnson. I mean, Dustin Johnson. (laughs) And what he's going to try to do is go defend uh, in Saudi. And he wants to play there uh, instead of the AT&T. And whether or not the PGA Tour grants him that exception to go play that, I think is going to drive how a lot of these players who are rumored to be on the fringe here and thinking about making a jump to another league. And and look, it's not a secret. The rumors are DJ, Bryson, Phil, potentially Kepka. Um, you know, we, we haven't heard it outright, but I do think that DJ being allowed to go play in Saudi is going to be a litmus test. Uh, and, and frankly, I think behind the scenes, there's a lot of, you know, there's a stare down happening right now. Uh, uh, because it's going to, it's going to sort of maybe tip players to saying, you know what, if PJ's tour is not going to work with me and allow me to take these money grabs, which is, I think what this is, uh, then maybe I need to go take my brand somewhere else. And that is precisely the challenge that is ripening up. And that is precisely why I asked you the question, because I think it's very juicy, right? We had this 
player impact program that the tour I don't know. Was it deliberate that they let it leak, you know, some number of weeks after it now, but, but we never got any clear indication. Nobody ever went on record on behalf of the tour and said, this is how it's going to work. It was players themselves, um, you know, giving us the contours of, you know, what the program consisted of and what the various metrics that measured impact you know, um, we're, yeah. we're supposed I to mean, consist listen, of. Yeah. We eventually got the details on the, on the sort of what's behind the algorithm, but we don't have the rankings. And what's curious to me is it wasn't, it didn't feel like a whole lot of money, right? 40 million bucks for, for, for 10 guys. I, I, I don't yeah. know. Is that, that doesn't feel like enough to really move the needle to, to me. I mean, I'm sure all those guys in the top 10, are saying thank you very much. We will take this check that um, you know we can. If it was Ian Poulter, he'd buy another Lamborghini with, but it's not Ian Poulter. Although Ian Poulter does draw eyeballs, you know, maybe if the Euro like, Tour. How much is LeBron being paid this year? Right, exactly. I don't know. Is it is he uh, is it forty? Is he even getting right. forty That's million bucks my, this year? Forty one. Yeah, right. So the winner of the FedEx gets fifteen. Yep. And if you win a major, you get over two. And if you, I mean, you can stack up a decent amount of money for playing golf, uh, you know, which is a not as popular, not as watched sport as soccer, football, et cetera. So I, I don't, I, I'm not hugely sympathetic to the I'm not making enough money argument. Um, but I do think, as Joel Damon aptly said, it's true that those guys aren't getting paid with their worth. So the question is, what's the friction? What's the it, what's the brain damage that they're ready to go through, including travel away from their families and away from the country, to go capture that value? We haven't really found what that line is, and it feels like these leagues have made their initial pitch and frankly failed to be the you know to over be the XFL or whatever and and take over you know. So they they failed to to really move the needle and get players to jump. So now it feels like they're looking for little gaps. You know, in in startups that take on incumbents, the strategy in technology uh, companies is always to find a wedge product, something that is small, that is in the grand scheme of things insignificant to the big incumbent, and you sign up a bunch of clients to you know, take your service for that one little product and then you build out from there. And it's kind of the Trojan horse strategy. And it feels like that's what these startup golf leagues are doing. They're looking for those wedges, those sort of less significant things instead of taking on the PGA Tour in a head-to-head battle, uh, you know, mano-a-mano, they're looking for those wedge moments to, to get in there and get some players experiencing what it's like to make that money, you know, to, to have the, the, the tournaments and, and then figure out if they can grow from there. Well, in that respect, kudos to the Saudi team because them going and funding the Asian tour and having the, the perspective and the, um, you know, the capacity for sort of mapping out, this is that there, there are official world golf ranking points associated with that Asian tour. And, 
that all by itself confers a kind of status, provides a kind of incentive, right? And, you know, it didn't, it wasn't a huge investment. It was only 200 million bucks, but enormous to that Asian tour. And what if there is a, a, a TV component to this that has yet to be revealed, right? But mm. for people that are interested in betting on competitive golf, guys like you and me, right? You can see a product coming into, vi- in, into, into view that is has its own sort of unique, interesting attributes. And what if they, in that Asian tour thing, get right all the things we complain about every single effing week we were doing it this fall with the PGA Tour? Where is the programming? Where is the information? Where's the data? Where's the analytics? Where's the information about these these players? Like that all by itself represents its own sort of unique opportunity in addition to conferring the imprimatur of legitimacy and providing incentive for players who can use, you know, um, the elevation in, in points, right. On the, on the world stage to qualify for majors and all the rest of it. So I think it kind of fits what you're talking about house. Let me ask you, uh, what is, what is the record of our, uh, beloved, painfully beloved W F T football team two and six. Right. And if this league does everything that we want them to do, and makes just this wonderful telecast. Are you going to flip away from our two and six WFT on a Sunday to watch it? I don't watch the WFT because they're two and six and they're playing with, you know, a guy uh, who went to, who played college quarterback at Old Dominion University. And, you know, it's a, so I, that's the wrong example for, for me. But uh, the only reason I'd watch Washington is if I bet on them and I don't bet on, I bet against Washington. Will you have Sunday ticket up? Will it make you click? Yeah. Will it make you click away from football? Um, Thankfully, I'm anticipating these guys are smart enough to not run counter effing programming, right? Yes. If you're in Asia, that's not contrary. You're not fighting the 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 NFL on a Sunday, right? Yeah. You're and these guys also like there are seven days in a week. You don't have to conduct a golf tournament conclusion. Tuesday's a, a great day on a Sunday, right? Like Sunday afternoon doesn't have to be the thing. It I want to watch something during the on summer. Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Right? Yes. yes, we have Maction. Maction is wonderful. We can yeah. watch the Mac play college football yeah. on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But yeah. you know, if you want to do some professional golf on those days. That's fine by me as well. Well, this is a TBD. It continues. All the developments will will, will be out there. But I did want to make sure. But we know. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we know that we have to appreciate events that are happening this fall, the extent to which they can be appreciated on the PGA Tour, because as you say, something changes afoot. This is probably the last time we get this in this format. Probably right. Um, but we do have two more events and we're going to have some great fields. It, it seems starting with this Houston open, the, the Kepka open. Uh, so the, the, you know, the backstory with Brooks Kepka participating in the redesign of Memorial park. Uh, he didn't play great last year. Um, nope. and he's not playing great right now. Although I will say, speaking of Sobel, he, he dropped a stat, uh, on, on the Twitter feed the last time, uh, the last, he just missed the cut in Mexico. The last four times um, in, in starts after a missed cut, he's finished first, missed cut, second, and fourth. 
So I don't know which way you would lean with that, but you know, three top fives after a miscut is pretty good. Yeah, and I think somewhere in the back of Brooks's mind, he knows he hasn't won a major in a while. And, he hasn't won a major in a while. Yeah, and so I, I think he, he's, he's working a little bit harder now. It, it sure feels his Instagram posts have gone from, I mean, he still posts a lot of I'm out hanging out and having fun posts, but he, he's started to post a few more I'm working hard on my game uh, posts, which is, uh, you know, he's so he's at one six hundredth of, of Bryson DeChambeau's Instagram post now. But yeah, I mean, I think he's taking it seriously. It, but let's just be honest. The game isn't great right now. It's not That's, great. And he's expressing frustration. He is clearly trying to find some truth in the dirt, right? He's out there um, banging balls and, and getting into it and trying to find a glimmer. I think that is part of why he wanted, you know, he had the thing with Portnoy scheduled uh, until he came to yeah, he, the, the the injury that kept him from doing that. But he did yeah. participate in the Ryder Cup. He was fine in the Ryder Cup. He wasn't terrible. Uh, and, you know, now he's been out here on tour, again, trying to find do, tr- truth in the, in, the, in the turf out there. Um, I w- We've talked about lots of times over the course of um, this season and the last season, when you see a guy of his kind of background and ilk available at 30 to one. Mm. Do we, you gotta do do it. Do we do it? No, we, every time we haven't done this, we've kicked ourselves. (laughs) He's available at 30 to one. It's Brooks Kepka, four time major winner. All right. Major. He Gante Haas. Yes. I mean that the, the top odds guys in this week's Houston open are Sam Burns and Scotty Scheffler, both of whom are at 18 to one and both of whom we know for sure are in form. I mean, they've been Sam Burns has been the the best player uh, on balance over the entire fall, and Scheffler the combination of what he did at the Ryder Cup plus yeah, and momentum. Himself. Yes, exactly right. Uh, but there is this leaderboard. I mean, this 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 field. Look at look at the 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 guys we have. We mentioned some of the names. Tony Finau is in this field. Sung Im is in this field. Uh, Joaquin Neiman's in this field. Wolf, you know these guys. They were all 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 top ten. Last week in Mexico, Patrick Reed, who I took, know he took a second at you know in Bermuda. I mean, he he we we made fun of the I fact know. that he was in Bermuda, but he went and fucking you know God bless Play. him and got to got himself all the way there. If Herbert had had fallen apart at all down the stretch, Patrick was sitting right there. And Houston, doesn't Patrick Reed call Houston, Texas home? He does. the area, the greater area. Yes, there? he does. Yes, okay. he does. He's in the so, world. Uh, we talked about Bazaidenhout. With um, Pat Mayo a couple weeks ago, he had a top twenty finish. Seamus Power with a top twenty finish in Mexico. Um, you know, guys that that have one on tour this year. Eric Van Royen is in this field coming up here. So I don't know. I mean, I, it's a pretty deep field. I know that I'm gonna just have to like cast the net a little wider than I'm comfortable with. I I can't have a card that doesn't have Aaron Wise on it. I can't okay. have a card that doesn't have Carlos Ortiz on it. Right. I can't have a card that doesn't have Matthew Wolf on it. And I can't have a card that doesn't have Scotty Scheffler on it. And I'm not leaving Sam Burns off. That's five bets that I have that I'm absolutely going to make right away. And, and, and they're all odds between what, 18 and 34 and, to one. Yeah, so they're yeah. not awesome. They, 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 no, they and can't I'm not feel betting great. every one of them to win, right? That's a dumb thing. But those are top tens and top 20s. Mm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, 
I'm going to bet Matthew Wolf the top 10 because I just love the way he's looking. I'm going to bet Scotty Scheffler the top 10. Um, yeah. I'm going to bet Sam Burns, you know, definitely top 10 maybe. Aaron Wise, I'm going to bet to top 20. Mav McNeely, I'm going to bet to top 20. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, I'll bet to top 20. Um, and you'll get around sort of even odds, maybe slightly plus odds on a couple of those names. But let's hear what you got. You know, it's, it's early in the week. What are you looking at? Well, you don't leave me a lot. Uh, so I'll go I'll go further down the leaderboard where I'm trying to sort of say, I mean, Harry Higgs is like 150 to one this week. Okay. Uh, you know, we talked a few weeks back about Aaron Rye, who has yeah. played very well in Europe. Yes. Obviously came off the tour. I mean, he's at 120 to one. I, I, I don't I don't hate either of those guys, um, you know, Grayson Sig was a real player on the KFT tour. He came off, uh, you know, really on fire. He's 170 to one or something right now. So it's, he had a 64 on Sunday last week, uh, a tough day on Saturday, but he's, if you're playing momentum, Grayson Sig is a guy to take a look at this week. I think Taylor Gooch is going to break out at some point, but he's a 30 to one. And if we're going to jam up the dance card with all of those guys in that sort of range of odds, maybe, maybe you stay away from him this week. But I, I really do like, uh, you know, Aaron Ryan and, and, and I, I, Grayson Sig is the guy who really should break out of that group of Corn Ferry Tour finalists. I love that Sig call because that that his odds they don't have the top twenty odds up yet. Um, but when they come out, they're, those those are going to be um, attractive. The, that that's a great call. I am going to play Gooch. I don't want to you know uh, not be on Gooch the week that that he does break through. Um, mm-hmm. And we we just went through it, so I'm I'm on Gooch as well. It's a big dance card. It's a lot of names. It's a lot of quality names once again. Um, but you know, it feels Chase like kept at three eighty to one. No, thank you. I'm good with with Chase Kepka. I would love to have a beer with him, though. I, I Absolutely, mean, sure that would be a great time. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, having beers, well, we, we'll save it. We're we're gonna have one last show next week. Yeah, we are uh, to wrap up the whole season. Superlatives. We'll go through because we and the rest of the world operate according to a calendar that begins in January and runs through December. We're gonna give out superlatives based on a calendar year performance rather than the PGA Tours fiscal year. Um, and we should have at least one special guest, maybe two special guests, maybe three very special guests to help us give out some superlatives. And we'll talk about the winner of the Houston Open and we'll do some previewing of the last meaningful PGA Tour event of 2021, which is the RSM Classic down there um, at Sea Island, which is wonderful. Great. Cannot wait, buddy. Cannot wait. There we go, my birdie buddies, my par-saving pals. Another fairway rolling in the books. We will be back next week. Last one of the season. Please come join us. In the meantime, there's fall golf to be had out there. Leaf rule is in effect. Please hit them straight out there.